everyone, and welcome to Flashes of DEI, a podcast where we explore topics and ideas related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm Katie, and I use they, them, their pronouns, and I serve as a director here in DEI. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus Davis, he, him, his. I am the project coordinator in DEI. Yeah, and today we are talking about critical race theory. And this is something that's been an extremely hot topic uh, lately, but it's something that's been relevant and around and important for a lot longer. So to help us learn and discuss CRT, uh, we are joined by a dear colleague, Dr. Krista Porter. Uh, So would you be willing to introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you both for having me here and providing the space for us to sort of chat. So my name is Dr. Krista Porter, Uh, she, her pronouns. I am an assistant professor in higher ed administration at Kent State. I've been here, this is my fifth year. Ooh, and so, yeah, right. And so been in the faculty life for four years, even before that at another institution. So I'm rounding out nine years here as a faculty person. Um, The whole decade. I know, right? So, (laughs) um, So yeah, so I teach grad students, doctoral and master students around, you know, what it's like to work and be and do and learn, right, in Mm -hmm. um, higher ed and institutions, different types of institutions, um, both at the domestic and the international level. Dang, that's impressive. That's cool. Thanks for your work. Absolutely. All right. So thank you so much for joining us um, and being willing to share your knowledge. Um, So Katie and I are very excited to talk to you Mm -hmm. about... um, CRT and to dive in a little bit more deeper. Um, so, Dr. Porter, are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we'll start off with a uh, first question. Uh-huh. Can you explain to us a little bit what uh, CRT is or critical race theory is? Sure. So, without getting too much in the history, however, definitely paying homage to those who created, right? And I'm all about naming. Mm-hmm. And so, it's absolutely important that we name that it's a perspective that centers race and racism, right? It do- disrupts dominant structures and it helps us examine racial injustice, right? So, so who started it? Why did they start it? So, it starts in critical legal studies. So, it started mm-hmm. off in law. Right, a bunch of grad students and litigators and folks of color said, we know that there's the civil rights movement. We know that there was legal reform that happened out of the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. But what if we joined sort of this legal reform as well as critical legal studies, because we're not necessarily happy, right? And content with some of the legal reform that came out of the civil rights movement. And so definitely have to put into the space some of the names and the forefathers and mothers, right? So Derek Bell, um, Richard Delgado, Kimberly Crenshaw, Alan Freeman, Cheryl Harris, Mari Matsuda, Charles Lawrence, and Patricia Williams. So again, so folks who started the work, right? And now it's moved into education, politics, social systems. And so basically that's sort of what it is, right? It's a perspective. It's a way we can examine law Um, It's a way we can disrupt sort of the dominant structures in our institutions. And when I say institutions, I'm not talking just higher ed, right? I'm talking about the legal system, the criminal justice system, right? Education, K-12, sort of those. um, So at the root of it, that's what it is. So I'll stop there. Yeah, I think that's helpful to hear 
like what it is. And to also, I mean, you name dropped. So for folks who are interested in reading some of the mm-hmm. founding mm-hmm. texts, those would be good mm-hmm. names to yes. Google. Absolutely. It's kind of confusing and tough to get into. And so mm-hmm. it's it takes work to mm-hmm. learn more about it. So I appreciate this kind of, here's a dip, a dip mm-hmm. of your toe into the water mm-hmm. that is critical race theory. So I think right now people are talking about critical race theory in ways that aren't actually true to what it is. Correct. So could you potentially talk a little bit about some of the myths or the things that are out there that people attribute mm-hmm. to CRT that aren't actually part of what it is? Absolutely. So let me explain the tenets and then say the myths, right? Okay. So the actual tenets of critical race theory is one, the centrality of race, right? That race and racism are embedded in the fabric of our society as a whole, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, then it's about entrance convergence, right? So what is entrance convergence? It's when folks want to racially advance pe- people of color, but in service to white interest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, so thinking of like um, school integration versus desegregation, right? Who really, was benefiting from desegregation and integration? Was it really the black communities or was it public interest white lawyers, right? Mm. Um, Whiteness as property, this idea of a right to exclude whose body is whole, who has um, Mm. control over their body. Um, Kimberly Crenshaw added this intersectionality, of course, right? The idea of the axis of oppressions. Mm And then there's counter storytelling, right? So the belief that folks of color have to be able to speak and articulate their experiences from their own standpoint. So that's what it is, right? Yeah. But what is out there, and unfortunately that has is under attack in legislation, state legislations around the country, is this idea that CRT posits white folks as racist and automatically an oppressor to other folks, right? That's not what it is. Um, CRT does not say that one race is superior to another race, right? CRT is not an attempt to make folks feel bad. And when I say folks, particularly white folks, Mm -hmm. right? It's not the 1619 project, right? That has come up a lot Mm -hmm. in conversations. Um, Nicole Hannah-Jones is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who created the 1619 Project as a journalism project, right? So sort of a vehicle through which you can talk about the history, Mm -hmm. but that's not CRT, right? CRT is the lens um, and the framework, right? It's the language um, that helps us sort of make sense of like, wow, this is how law is actually codified in a way that continually oppresses folks or that doesn't account history, right? All of these things. So the tenets and then the myths. Yeah. So I think that's helpful. The tenets, especially, because that takes you a little bit deeper dive into what CRT actually is. Mm-hmm. And then I really like and appreciate your distinction between uh, the 1619 Project, which is history mm-hmm. and how history is not critical race theory, but we can view history through a critical race theory lens. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so even as you are talking about the structures and everything and looking at it like CRT from the lens, Mm -hmm. um, so how can CRT be used to help us to understand the system structures Mm -hmm. and the things that may be going on around us 
Yeah, so I can answer that question two ways, right? So there's a couple of scholars that have really taken up CRT as a lens and moved it from sort of this legal studies into education, mm-hmm. right? So it started off, again, putting names um, out there. It started off in sort of the K-12, right? What does it mean to look through K-12 school districts and K-12 education through a CRT lens, right? So Gloria Latson billings and William Tate sort of put out their right, um, seminal article around what does this look like and how can we use this in our K-12? But then it's moved into higher ed in the sense of being taught in graduate school, some undergrad classes, but mostly graduate school. Yeah. Um, Lori Patton Davis, Sean Harper, Jessica Harris, right? Who is, okay, how can we look through college admissions? How can we look through student development? How can we look at, right, student activities? All these different sort of functional areas we see and we engage with in higher ed through a critical race lens, and particularly Lori Patton Davis's article around disrupting the pros of higher ed, right? How do we get away from this just naming and language, but actually being critical, Mm. um, you know, and addressing the ways white supremacy has been embedded, right, in our higher institutions over the years. I think that's an important thing to think about too, right? Because especially if we want to use critical race theory or any theory that teaches us to be critical and Mm -hmm. examine the systems and structures we're working within and working with, we -hmm. have to move past just thinking about it and think about how do we apply it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. What could we do? What can we shift? What can we make happen Mm -hmm. uh, that can make positive and inclusive change, which is the harder question. Yeah. Yeah. But an important one to think about. Yeah. And it's really like to kind of go over your point, Katie, it's, you know, folks want to be strategy oriented and sort of results oriented, but are we willing to do the the work of thinking about disrupting sort Mm. of this dominant white centered whitewashing? I'm thinking of different buzzwords that folks use of our history, right? Of our Mm -hmm. context. And we can't just think of history outside of higher ed, like Mm -hmm. history built higher ed, right? right? A lot of our institutions yeah. housed enslaved folks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so what does it look like for us to actually not engage in entrance convergence, right? For the sake of benefiting white folks, but to actually disrupt some of the language, the policies, the practices that continue to perpetuate white supremacy. Yeah, I, I think too, when you, um, like you said, we're putting language um, behind it, um, and start speaking the truth um, that the ruffling of the feathers, people is like, oh, you're you're talking about what we have been doing for years. Mm-hmm. And then so now we're just going to like blow smoke. Mm-hmm. Most people are what I've seen um, and heard, especially in the politics area, right? Um, they're using CRT to kind of like just move away from like what the the real issue is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's well, another tenet that often comes up is um, this critique of liberalism and without getting too much um, in depth, right? So this, how folks are like, oh, well, let's do affirmative action. Let's, you know, it's value neutral. Like, yes, mm-hmm. let's, right? But at the end of the day, whose value, right? Mm-hmm. Who, there's still a hierarchy. Yeah. And are you really willing to do the work of dismantling the hierarchy? 
right? Otherwise you're just sort of perpetuating the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the toughest part for a lot of folks to figure out or swallow is that if you actually engage with critical race theory and use it as a lens, it requires you to imagine the world completely differently and to work towards that. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's like, can be a, a scary proposition for people, but also an exciting Mm -hmm. (laughs) and energizing Mm -hmm. proposition. So uh, I don't know, all this is making me want to take your classes. (laughs) (laughs) But but I like how you just said, Katie, in the sense of, um, which is really hard. Like it's, and I'd say hard is relative, right? Because some of us do this work all the time, but how do we decenter whiteness, right? Right. Where whiteness is not the end all be all whiteness is not the standard, right? Because right. the original, you know, forefathers and mothers said, no, like this is not okay. Mm-hmm. The civil rights movement got us a lot, right? And no doubt, no, you know, no negating what the folks in the civil rights movement did. But it's not enough, right? Right. Stuff is still, um, you know, um, supremacist activity and um, discrimination and oppression was still happening, right? right? Um, even beyond that. And so how do we really decenter whiteness and sort of reimagine, as you said, Katie, reimagine what this could look like without whiteness at center? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep questions and mm-hmm. and important ones, right? Because yeah. if we actually want to move forward, we need to we need to center those questions and really reflect. And then I think that gets back to that too. Like that action piece is important, but it's making, it's reminding me of another conversation I was having recently, where if you jump right into action, you're going to get kind of what's happening in popular culture right now, where people are just totally misusing, misunderstanding and actually causing harm. Yeah. Uh, So it's important. Like if you're listening to this, Google some of the names. (laughs) that Dr. Porter mentioned and some of the resources will drop in our episode mm-hmm. description because you need to do that self-work piece too. And yeah. I mean, I, I studied this in grad school. As I'm talking, I'm like, I need to do so much more reading to keep on moving forward. I think the benefit though now is that it's legible, right? It's not just law, right? right? Oh it's gosh, not just yeah. sort of legalese language. Like folks are actually taking up CRT and applying it to, you know, what does this look like? Like I said, for, you know, college admissions, what does this mm-hmm. look like in this? What does it look like in this? And so absolutely, you know, I look forward to sharing it's the ways that we can continue to engage it. Yeah. Mentioned a couple names and a couple things that folks can Google, but um, are there any other resources or people that you'd shout out for folks who want to learn more and especially folks that make it a little bit more accessible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I answer that in two ways, right? One is um, folks of color and scholars with minoritized identities have sort of taken up CRT and sort of repurposed it in ways that make sense. So there's discrit, right? Black crit, black crit, critical race feminism, Asian crit, tribal crit. So all of these are particular populations wherein like, okay, critical race theory is cool, right? That's the framework. But now let's let's um, overlay this with students with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Let's overlay this with indigenous folk in tribal crit. Let's overlay mm-hmm. this with a particular feminism that you know comes out of critical race theory, right? So the critical race feminism. So those are 
absolutely areas of research that folks can engage. But, um, you know, definitely cool. sort of just thinking about the forefathers and the mothers and then the more current Gloria Latson Billings, Sean Harper, Lori Patton Davis, Jessica Harris, right? Sort of those folks, absolutely. There's a lot out there. Um, and so folks can absolutely engage and make it legible to their experiences, but you have to want to do the work, right? right. So to engage KRT, you have to want to say, wow, yeah, like this is a system here. And let's look at the lens through which this system continues to sort of perpetuate itself. Yeah, so it's different tenets to CRT. So there's different tenets, yeah, yeah. so there's different tenets, but there's also various branches, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because once you just said like the, the different branches of it, yeah. uh, both mine and Katie's, I was like, oh. We got really? real big for those that can't see us. We got real excited. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's like, so once you once you find something that's really interesting about a subject, you start to go down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. um, and once you get into that rabbit hole, he's like, oh, this resonates with me. And then so now you start to learn a little bit more about it and you start, like as Katie was saying, doing the work mm -hmm. and then you find your passion in it, right? Absolutely. To where, wherever you are, you can be, like you said, you can be in higher ed, you can be in DEI, you can be wherever. And then to, like you said, to untangle the work. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, before we actually wrap up with our questions, are there any other things um, that you think individuals will need to know about CRT? I think one thing is, is problematic, and we sort of named this at the beginning, is um, reading what's current, but not going back, mm. right? And so, you know, you can't talk about critical race theory unless you talk about the way it was used, right, within the legal sort of studies and how it's evolved, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how the tenets are um, sort of evolving, and it's not just sort of one doctrine, it's not sort of just one all of the forefathers and mothers didn't just use critical race theory the same way, mm. right? It was, um, it has evolved, right? Is it still a perspective? Is it still a framework? Absolutely, right? But reading sort of the history a little bit, um, and most of the articles that I've cited or most of the scholars that I've cited have done the work, right? So they pay yeah. homage to those who came before them. Mm -hmm. They talk about how it can be used that would be the first thing is just don't do it again. Don't engage in interest convergence just because it sounds good, right? Oh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, engage critical race theory. Just no, like there's so much more to it. And then be willing to do the work, right? To really decenter, you know, whiteness within our systems. You know, I reflect on how do we like, wow, you know, in my role as a staff person, as an administrator, as a student, as a faculty, how do I center mm -hmm. whiteness? Right. How do I perpetuate methodologies, approaches, um, text, practices that collude, right, or perpetuate mm -hmm. this idea that white is center or white is best, white is right, right? Yeah. Thank you. Even though <laughs> this was a, a short snippet of it, um, it had some nice nuggets and gems of, of wisdom around CRT. Um, it, even for us to, to learn more about it, um, like we said, there's tenants, but there, there's more branches. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you for that. Yeah, super appreciate it. And hopefully the folks who are listening in will, uh, this has hopefully whetted their appetite uh, <laughs> and they can dig a little bit deeper and, you know, do the work that 
we need to do and ask ourselves the tough questions that we don't always ask ourselves. And I mean, if you're at Kent State, maybe take a class with Dr. Porter. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Even yeah. if you can't take a class, you can still do the work. We can all read and engage <laughs> and true, listen, listen to the podcast. Yes. And I Dr. always Porter's like, I don't want, I have enough students. I can't, in I my can't class. have all y'all in the class. <laughs> listen, listen. But, but I do, I do want to say, um, I, I love the Maya Angelou quote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's when we know better, we do better. Yeah. Right. And so I think if you're really dedicated and committed to continuing DEI work, critical frameworks is one of, the pieces, yeah. right? Grounding yourself in a systems-based sort of acknowledgement of what's embedded, right? What are the ways we've gone about business and how can we disrupt those ways? To me, that's the core, right? Yeah. Of true DEI work. And so this is an absolute uh, important, valuable, critical lens, right? Yeah. To do the work. Definitely. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> always, always. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Um, If you are interested in learning more, feel free to check out our website, ken.edu forward slash diversity. And if you've got a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email us at diversity at ken.edu or connect with us on social media at DEI Kent State across multiple platforms. Um, We're going to see you next month and next year, which is wild because that's a whole new year with a new episode. Yeah, right. Thank you again, Dr. Porter. And thanks to all our listeners. Thank you. Bye. Bye.